Welcome to Successful Parenting, where we, Jackie Rue and Robin Choquette, share practical skills for families to build resilience and healthy connections. As practicing professionals and parents ourselves, we hope this podcast is a resource for parents to grow, reflect, and learn more about themselves and their children. Our approach is simple, tangible, and most importantly, we lead with compassion for the integrity of the families we serve. This podcast should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for informational purposes only. We love our work and we can't wait to watch families gain confidence and open themselves up to new ways of successful parenting. Good evening, Robin. How is it going? It's good. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Did you watch that show when you were a kid, Jackie? Um, not so much. A oh. little, not so much. A little bit, but not a ton. Oh, I loved Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I loved him. I thought he was great. <laughs> I didn't watch a ton of TV as a kid. Definitely some Saturday morning, I think, cartoons was about it. Yeah. No, well, I had three channels, let's be honest. And <laughs> the wind blew in Kentucky. The antenna went and there was no TV watching. <laughs> So that was kind of it for me. Yeah, I think I was a little bit better than that. I am excited about this episode tonight. I'm excited to introduce one of my dear friends that I've collaborated with for a long time. Shereen Payton is with Payton & Consulting and for the last 20 years has worked in community health has done a lot of presentations in schools and in the community, really doing a good job helping schools and helping communities work better with minority youth. Shireen identifies as a queer Black woman. She has so much knowledge to share. I always learn a lot. I think this topic is important, and I'm glad we're just starting to have dialogue tonight, and I'm glad Shireen was willing to come here and, and speak with us. Yes. Hello, Shireen. Hi. Good evening. How are you all doing? We are good. It's one of those weeks that I've been a little bit more tired than usual, but you know, spring is coming and I'm just excited it's later. I mean, it, it's, you know, here past, you know, 6.15 in, in Chicago and it's like light out. The sun's still yeah. out and it's just having that light is huge. Yeah. I have to say, I heard you all talking about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood earlier and my memory is he used to put me to sleep as a little kid. <laughs> Thinking, you know, as he would come on, I was like, hmm. <laughs> and I thought, was the content boring or was it just his voice? I don't know what it was. The colors, they were a little muted, but anyway, so yeah. Yeah, I remember I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> we, we didn't have a lot of exciting things, and I lived. <laughs> lived in the rural area. And so Mr. Rogers was big for me when he was <laughs> without static and snow. So that was... <laughs> Oh. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, why do you think this topic is important to discuss? Like, why do you think, I know most of our listeners are family members, you know, caretakers, parents. Why would you say this topic is important for us to discuss with parents? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I would say that, you know, racism, bias, all of those things, if you think it does not affect you or if it's not something that impacts you or your children, you are not paying attention at all. It is something that regardless of who you are, how you identify, who your parents are, it's something that affects everyone. It is so much part of our American fabric, our systems, how we socialize, how we worship or not worship, how we educate children, how we employ people. It just... <laughs> 
all of it. It's every part of our life. And if you're not aware of what it is and where it comes from and how it impacts everything, then you are setting yourself up and your your children, you're setting them up for a lot of heartache for the rest of their lives, really. Yeah, it's that awareness. As you were talking, Shireen, I was thinking about connection. Everything that you said, I kept thinking, you know, connection, connection, how it impacts our connections with one another and then the community. So what are some of, you know, the harmful effects of racism for all of us? Right. Well, have you all ever participated in one of those activities that this was pre-2020, I would say, where folks would have people stand in a line or a circle and they would say, you know, step forward if your parents graduated from college. Take a step forward if, you know, and they would have that activity and, you know, and then by the end of the activity, whoever is the heterosexual, cisgender, white, male is at the front and way at the back you have, you know, queer black women you know, in terms of having the least amount of privileges or advantages in life. That exercise, I'd say probably around 2016 is when that was very popular. And it was a way where people would do that to demonstrate how certain people have privileges in life and how others do not. And that these are some of the things that come with just in terms of where you're born, family you're born into. And so I think that was one of the things or a time where people really started to see, I would say that's a time when I think that plus the internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it really helped for people to start having conversations about what it means, what systemic racism is and the impact and the effects of racism and how it can uh, impact for generations. So I think that you really see the effect of it when you see how one generation has been able to advance as the result of what the previous generation was able to do because of a law or because of a policy that was set up that did not allow certain people because of the color of their skin or the national origin or their religion they weren't allowed to do. Mm-hmm. I remember I didn't participate, but I remember seeing it. And I'll be honest, Shereen, and I'm a crier. I mean, that's the emotion <laughs> I easily, I was crying at watching it because I would have been stepping forward. And I was ashamed that I didn't realize that, you know, that was happening and just the lack of awareness. And I feel like I'm pretty aware, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what you're saying is, I think there was that switch And that Mm -hmm. was a good way that everyone picked up on it. Right. Oh, so yeah. So I stopped doing it for two reasons. I remember I was talking about this, Shereen. (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. They're not going to use my body. (laughs) Help to demonstrate (laughs) what we all know already. We being Black, Indigenous, people of color, BIPOCs, that is, and especially queer people of color. Number one, it was frustrating all the time. And the number two, people, especially the white women who were crying as a result of it, because then they wanted to be consoled saying, (laughs) it's okay. I like you, you know, no, you're a good person. It's okay. And that's exhausting. So (laughs) it's like, 
no, I'm not doing it for those two reasons. It's just not, no. <laughs> well, and I remember, Shreen, you and I talking a couple of years ago, and, and you had said there was a lot going on on the TV and on the internet. You would go into the grocery store, and all of a sudden, people were like, well, hello. <laughs> How are you? And they were, do you remember, do you remember those conversations? Yes. And they were just over the top friendly to you. And you were like, okay. Well, I know but you. This was when everybody has to befriend, uh, you know, uh, a woman what? of color. Everybody has what? to befriend someone. And they were running up to you and, in, in, you know, wherever you went and smiling. Yes. And you were like, well, I haven't been smiled like this before. Right. It, it had me thinking, do I, did I? Do I know that person? I mean, it's one thing when, you know, at the time, a lot of people were saying, check on your black friends. They're not okay. Check on your queer friends. And I don't, you know, and I understand that I'm not going to judge people who reached out at that time because, you know, I understand. But total strangers, it was just so bizarre. And especially at one point I was out of town. I was in some small town in Michigan and and this guy walked by and I'm sitting at this outdoor cafe and he just gave me this smile like, yes, (laughs) I I took a DEI class. I see you. Do I know you? I mean, he didn't say that, but his his smile, his look said it all. Sometimes people will say, we don't have any bias. And that's not accurate, right? Right. And, and I think we all have our own bias. We all have our own ideas of things. You know, how do we talk about it with our children? Why is it important to talk about racism and racial bias with our children? Right. And children are exposed to it at such a young age. So I have a grandson who's 18 months old. And this kid watches Spirit, the horse movie that was made in 2002. <laughs> he watch, I mean, this is a movie. <laughs> he watches it every single day. And so he gallops around the house. And then I ask him, do you want to watch Coco Melon, Miss Rachel or Spirit? And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> to let me know he wants to watch Spirit. But this morning, as I was watching it for like the umpteenth time, I realized there's colorism in Spirit. In this movie, the main horse, his mother, the horse he falls in love with, all of the horses that, you know, have these starring heroic roles are of this lighter caramel or cream or white with light brown spots or blonde complexion. And all of the other horses who have been enslaved, basically captured, they're all chocolate brown or dark ray. And and I realized, I'm like, are you kidding me? I thought, wow. So this is something that is imprinted on this little 18-month-old mind. Um, now, mind you, again, it was created in 2002. And now even Netflix says, oh, this show is part of our inclusion <laughs> collection. I, I don't know. I saw that pop up the other day. I'm like, really? What is this? What? <laughs> You know, but it's so harmful because it tells children that you have to look a certain way. Your skin has to be a certain color in order for you to be the leader, to be brave, to be strong. That's what that looks like. And the people who are now, of course, these are horses, not as strong. They are of a different shade. Then you go to the other toys and it's the same story over and over. So from toddlerhood on up and people get so excited about things like, oh, but now look, we now have a 
they're finding there's a black mermaid. The backlash, everyone being so upset about how can there be a black mermaid and a little Miss Mermaid and how dare they, etc. And it's like, these people are arguing about a fictitious character, a character that doesn't even exist in the real world. It's not even like she's playing a historical character. You know what I mean? It's a freaking mermaid. <laughs> It's like the person can be whatever shade. And that's how the biases and the racism and kids hear that. They know it. And teachers are human beings. Administrators are human beings. Police officers, human beings. But we, for some reason, we love to put people on pedestals. We love to pretend that they should be above all of that. And we act as if those things do not come into their judgments, into their thought process when they're on the job. And you can't tell me that your life experiences do not come into your thought process when you're on the job. Right. And so it's there. My point is, is that we all have biases. We all do. But people need to be aware of them and you need to be able to check them and you need to be able to stop yourself and say, where did that come from? Why is it that all of the houses in this one community that was built all during this one time period when all of the GIs came back from World War II, how is it that all of those men and women were allowed to move out of the city of Chicago into these brand new neighborhoods, into brand new schools, and they either had low or no interest loans. It was just super easy for them to get those loans and get the jobs and move out there. Whereas if a Black person were to try and purchase a house in that community, the deeds specifically said in those communities, you are not allowed to purchase it in the first place. And if anyone purchased this home, you can't sell it to a Black person, period. Just last year, 2022, is when Illinois passed a law saying that you can change that on your deed now. Look it up. Wow, it's crazy. Look yeah. it up. Is that your grandson we hear in the background? Is I was he... going to say, do you hear him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, he's adorable. <laughs> Our listeners will love it, you know? Oh my gosh, yes, yes. He sounds like he's having full conversations. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know what's so funny? And the little stinker will not say grandma. He can even say spirit. He can say all of his colors. I love how he says yellow. He says yellow. (laughs) (laughs) But I say, say grandma. He goes, dada. (laughs) (laughs) And he knows he's being funny. So I'm like, whatever. He just likes to, you know, (laughs) get my goat, you know. But anyway, so I, there are reasons that there's generational privilege because again, those families that were able to purchase homes with low or no interest rate loans and then take out home equity lines of credit on those homes in order to send their children to college for little or no money. Because again, even college was free until the mid 60s. I mean, you paid room and board, but that's about it. Again, there are all these different things. Whereas if you were black, you could not get a home equity line of credit. Even if you were able to purchase a home, it was very difficult to get a loan. It would be a very high interest rate. And then to get an equity line of credit to even do repairs is even more difficult. So when people look at communities and they say, oh, they're just lazy, their houses, they just let them go 
It just looks terrible. The schools are bad, etc. All of that is due to policies that were put in place, laws that were in place that intentionally, not accidentally, intentionally kept people from advancing. And so the racism, the anti-Black policies that were in place really set up our society to have these thoughts and beliefs about particular races, Black people in particular, and then other races as well, that they were not good enough for whatever it is, you name it. That is a wrap for this week. Thank you for joining. We have so much further to go with our guest expert, Shireen Payton. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I think this is something that we have to continue to talk about. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And make sure to subscribe and like us to catch our next episode, where we will take you on a journey to find new ways of successful parenting. 